Yo, what's up guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Um, been a while, been a while. We recorded an episode with a couple of the boys a couple of weeks ago um, and it just descended into madness, like a couple of beers, probably a couple more beers than a couple, a uh, couple of boys, a couple more boys than a couple. Um, so that will never see the light of day, but we're back. Um, sorry that it's been a while just been bogged down with life and all that stuff as you guys know sk isn't um sk isn't like the main thing that i do i'm a sparky and sparking has been busy fuck i tell you that much um work coming out of our ears at the moment so sk has taken a bit of a bit of a back seat but um it seems to be quieting down now after level three um round two for auckland so um, that's given me a little bit more time to kind of get my into G and um, just get some stuff organized. Uh, and saying that, today's episode is just like a quick little Q&A. Um, I put it up on my Instagram story. You guys asked a few questions and I picked four or rather I got four. So I'll do four. Um, but yo, let's just get straight into it. Uh, first question what got you into tie-dye and what have you found works best? Um, yo, so back when I started SK, um, I ended up with like a lot of clothes that I, that I, I couldn't really use. Um, they just weren't that, they just weren't that nice. Um, when I first got into it, I kind of had the mindset of, oh, I'll just, I'll just buy a box of stuff um, with no kind of no mind to like how much that costs, what I would get, what my ROI or return on investment on that box would be. Um, and I dropped like five, 600 bucks on a box of shit and uh, it got here. I sold like, I think I got a box of like 30 pieces of that 30 pieces. I sold like five from the get. Um, so that was obviously kind of disappointing and I was kind of just looking for ways to, um, obviously I have all the stock on my hands and I was looking for ways to, well, just make it cooler, um, and give it kind of sellability. Um, and at that time, this was probably around December last year, I could see that, um, a lot of, a lot of brands, um, were starting to come out with tie-dye lines. Stussy had one at that point. Um, and just tie-dye just started popping up on the feed like here and there. So I was like, oh shit, um, this could be cool. This could be cool. And it, it, and like I say, I've said before, um, tie-dye kind of just gives your your pieces a, a, new, a, a new life. Um, so like instead of chucking it away or, um, you know, getting rid of it or whatever uh you can chuck it under the tie-dye and it is pretty much a new shirt um i think the first ones that i did were fuck if you go back on my instagram you'll see them hold on let me just look pause and we found it uh so the first tie-dye pieces i did were uh this honda racing one spiral arizona state Guns N' Roses one, which I still have. 
Um, we're doing like a bit of a tie-dye drop. Probably in the next week, uh, we just need to find some time to take some photos. So we'll do that. But this Guns N' Roses one is still here. It's fucking sick too. Um, damn, somebody needs to take that. It's mean. But yeah, so I just had all this stuff and I needed to do something with it because it's just money sitting around for me. Um, so I tie-dyed. Uh, second part of that question, what have you found works best? Uh, for me, it's uh, I think that I like the bleach dye stuff the best. Um, I'm starting to, I've, I've kind of, uh, really, all the stuff I did initially was all bleached stuff. Um, and I, I've come up with some pretty cool shit. Um, and I just, I just think that the bleach dye ones look the best. And saying that, uh, I've just started experimenting with colors. Um, yo, it's me, uh, just in the middle of editing this. And I realized that I didn't tell you guys what I actually use. Uh, so for the bleach dye stuff, I just use um, pretty much any bleach I can get. Most of the time I grab Janola, uh, the premium stuff. You don't need to get the toilet gel stuff that you see people using on TikTok. Uh, I feel like that's kind of gross. Um, and for the dye, I use RIT, R-I-T. Uh, we use the powder stuff to begin with. It's a bit cheaper. I think it's like $10 a box and you can grab it from Spotlight. Uh, but I've seen a lot of people use the liquid stuff too. Um, and that, I'm not really sure which one is better. Uh, but we also get, uh, Rit does like a color set um, box of stuff as well. And you wash your stuff with that. Um, or oh, sorry, soak your stuff with that so that the colors stay in. Uh, yeah. But anyway, back to the episode. And I probably should get around to a bit of like reverse tie-dye maybe. That's where you take black stuff, you bleach it, um, wash it back, wash it out, and then go back over the bleach with colors. That can look pretty sick. Uh, so I guess I will have a crack at that next. But yeah, we've probably got like 10 or 12 tie-dye pieces uh, about to go up on the site. In the next week or so, the date today is the 31st, so probably sometime by the 10th, more to come on that. Okay, so that was kind of like, that, that was pretty much two questions. The third question, how has South Auckland shaped you into who you are today? Man, where do you start? This is a good question. Um, so for people that don't know, we're based in South Auckland, um... Ōtara to be exact, and we grew up in South Auckland as well, various parts. Um, my nana's house is in Ōtara, which is, uh, we live, we bought a house um, on, on the same street, so like the original the, the original owners, the old man and the old lady, uh, sadly had to go into a home at the end of last year, um, and their house came up for sale, so uh, we kind of got together and... Uh, the opportunity kind of fell in our lap so we were like yo let's do it um, and the old man and the old lady were just keen to keep the house in the street so we jumped uh, so we jumped on that luckily enough um, grew up there um, Papatoi sorry Papatoi Papatoi toy um, always lived there mum and dad still live in Papatoi um, and 
Papakota Hanoa. Um, my nan and Koro had a farm out in uh, Hanoa, so we spent I spent probably a lot of years out there as well. Um, so I've I've always been South Auckland. Uh, I moved central, kind of in the last couple of years, just flatting and stuff. Um, but in the end, I've come back here because it's it's home. Uh, I feel like South Auckland's geared me up just to be able to deal with with everything. Like it's such a melting pot out here. There's so many diff- people from uh, kind of you know different races and uh, religions and just all sorts. So I I find that I have the ability to kind of empathise with a lot of different people and uh, their situations and. Uh, I think that it's made me a lot more accepting uh, to different viewpoints uh, as opposed to people that may have grown up outside of South and and only know kind of, you know, one way to do things. Uh, There's so many ways to skin a cat out here that you just end up picking up all sorts of little different tidbits from uh, from, from different people and I think that that's what it's given me um, adaptability I guess you could say um, toughness like not saying that I'm like that I'm like a tough like street kind of kid like I didn't grow up like that in South um, I don't I'm not like and in no way shape or form am I like a uh a street guy or like anything like that. I didn't grow up on the streets. Um, I grew up, I had a pretty nice life growing up compared to a lot of people's experiences in South. But I still think that you get like a, just like a kind of residual um, thick skin from being from out here. Um, And especially going into schools where there was a lot of people from, different areas in the south um, a lot of well-off people I went to some pretty nice schools um, and just the kind of I wouldn't say you get a hard time there but it like there's definitely like a little bit of just a different vibe towards you I guess um, when you say that for you, that that you're from south um, I've been in a couple of situations where it's come up and um, yeah, things might have gotten a bit heated, but yeah, I feel being from out south has geared me up to just take everything in my stride and um, and just not be phased by a lot. I'm pretty chill uh, most of the time, and everybody who knows me says I'm pretty chill, probably detrimentally so sometimes. But I feel like I've gotten that from growing up in this area, um, and. Yeah, just living the life out here. I love it to bits. Okay, cool. So we've got that one out of the way. And last question. This is one I've been getting heaps and heaps. Um, Vintage is obviously popular and there's a lot of pages popping up uh, pretty much daily. I get followed by new new vintage pages daily. Uh, And heaps of them message me and say, hey bro, like any tips to starting... Um, or any tips to finding suppliers. Uh, so I guess I'll just 
address that one right here and now. Tips to starting. Um, I think the first one would to be, oh, excuse me. I guess the first tip to starting would be, um, well, just to start, like fucking make your logo or make your, make, make your page, put it out there. That's half the battle one. Uh, step two, tip to starting, uh, don't get carried away. Uh, like I said before, when I first started, I think I probably got a bit carried away. Um, I had a lot of money sitting around and I didn't really give any thought to, um, I didn't really give any thought to what kind of gear I wanted. I just wanted gear. Um, and I think that that probably hamstrung me a little bit at first. Um, and I still have, I still have gear from our first drop. Um, sitting in my closet waiting for me to find something to do with it so yeah I guess not being afraid to start small um, I don't think that you need to you know come in hot with 100 pieces straight off the gear although it's probably nice um, but you also need to have people to sell 100 pieces of gear too um and I think that the best kind of advice that I've heard about it is owning your circle. So what owning your circle means is like, is being the best vintage or, or being the best uh, vendor of vintage for your circle. So your group of mates, uh, you get your first lot of gear, sell it to your mates. So, Say you get 10 t-shirts first up. If you've got 10 mates, get them to buy your first 10 t-shirts. Um, and then from there, hopefully you double your money and then your circle starts to slowly grow as those guys start getting out. So like your one mate that has another group of friends goes and they're like, oh, yo, where'd you get that from? Oh, I got it from the Bro SK. Oh, man, like I'll have a look. That happens 10 times for your 10 mates that have different mates and then your circle slowly starts to grow and then as you grow um obviously as that circle grows obviously your business grows um so yeah i guess that's that's my kind of top two tips of advice um for starting is don't be afraid to start small and just start because yeah a lot of ideas stay dormant in people's heads and that's all they ever stay, ideas. Uh, in terms of suppliers, if people don't ask me how to start, they ask me where to get suppliers. Um, and this is something that's like a constant battle for us in the vintage game, uh, is finding good suppliers because uh, especially in these COVID times when a lot of people are locked down and not picking, um, stock is kind of... Stock supplies are thin at the moment. Um, so if you have a good supplier, then you should count your lucky stars. Uh, but in terms of finding them, uh, really, like, it's it, it sounds boring and it sounds obvious, but you just got to message people, eh? Um, eBay, Etsy, Depop, these are platforms where people sell vintage. Um I'm going through the process of it again because I've lost a few supplies to COVID. Um, but it's just legit DMing people 
I'll read you my DM that I send people. Uh, and I'll, I'll put it in the description. This is what I send people. So, here it is. Hey guys, hope you're well. I wanted to ask if you guys are picking at the moment. I have a vintage store down here in New Zealand and I'm looking for a contact in the USA or whatever country they're from to do some picking slash wholesaling for me. Looking for, I've told them what I'm looking for. Um, and then after that, looking to build a long-term relationship, so please let me know if you'd be interested. Thanks in advance. It's pretty much easy as that. Um, you just want to send this thing out to as many people as you can. Um, and, you know, out of, out of 300, if two reply, then, but they're two good suppliers, then fuck, it's mission accomplished. You got your supplier. Um, other than that, there's obviously wholesale places like Fox, um, who you can, who you can use. Uh, we use Fox, but probably, uh, I think that Fox and places like Fox are good for like mid-range gear, um, you know, stuff like stuff that'll just sell, but um, in terms of like real unique and uh, special pieces, which is stuff that we like to give to people, um, I'm not really sure that you'll get that much through Fox and the like. Uh, they do offer like hand-picking services online and um, in video form, but yeah. For me, like to to be able to give the best stock possible, I think that you're definitely looking at going via. Um, oh, sorry about that. I think that you're definitely you're definitely looking at going via uh, eBay, Depop, Etsy, one of those platforms. Um, even if you start off like you know, just um, kind of buying singles and getting it shipped over here through eShop, which can be cheaper for people because they can combine their shit. Um, or, you know, stuff like that. Because people aren't really picking at the moment, um, I feel like buying singles um, is probably, you know, not a bad option at the moment if you can get it for the right price. Um, but, yeah. I think that is my thoughts on that question. Uh, yeah, so that's all the questions. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you guys got a little bit of value out of that. Um, I'm going to be trying to do more pod more podcasts. Uh, again, it's just kind of work dependent. Um, but I will get them out as hard as I can and as quick as I can. Uh, another thing, we changed the intro music. So before we had, uh, the intro music was a track from the Brother Creation Kit from out here in Ortada, young producer. But um, I was just surfing Instagram and I uh, follow a few beat makers and I found this one. Uh, I think it's like, it gave me like kind of like winny vibes. You know, like we're fucking winning. And that's what I want SK uh, Yarning to be about. You know, like, making sure that everybody can get small wins when they listen to it um, in whatever form they might come. So, yeah, and that came, that track came from Detour, and that is uh, underscore D-T-O-A, Detour. Another South Auckland producer, really like his beats. Um, you can find him on 
Instagram at that, and he has a link to his YouTube in his bio. Sweet. Anyway, guys, thanks for that. Please remember to uh, leave a review, share the podcast if you found some value in it, and um, yeah, we'll catch you on the next one. Yo, thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, Again, I hope you got some value out of it. That's the main aim of doing these podcasts uh, to give you guys a little bit of something, something uh, for free. But I do have to advertise myself a little bit. Uh, We have still a few bits and pieces up on the website. Um, Canterbury jerseys, quarter zips and the like. Um, That stuff's on there. I think I'm going to put it on for a little Father's Day discount this week. Um, so I'll release the code for that on the Instagram. Um, so yeah, if you guys want to check that out, uh, we have our tie-dye stuff dropping probably by the 10th of September. So keep an eye out. And yeah, thanks again. <laughs>